and welcome to the What The Heck podcast. I'm your host, Glenn. Every week I explore something unexplained, talk about what it is, and look at what else it could possibly be. Research is done as academically as possible, and references will be given after the stories. This week, I'm looking at the mystery of the Pollock sisters. In Hexham, Northumberland, in the UK in 1946, the Pollock family welcomed their third child and first daughter, Joanna, into the world. Five years later, in 1951, their second daughter, Jacqueline, was born. She had a birthmark on her waist. John and Florence Pollock, their parents, owned a delivery business and were very busy with it leaving the girls with their grandmother a lot of the time. The girls bonded very quickly and Joanna often looked after Jacqueline, who loved to play make-believe and dress up. In 1954, Jacqueline fell and cut her forehead above her right eye. This healed into a scar. In 1957, when Joanna was 11 and Jacqueline was six, They were walking to church with their nine-year-old friend, Anthony, when a car hit all of them. The driver had taken near-lethal doses of aspirin and phenobarbitone and was distraught after having her own children taken from her care. It's alleged that she intentionally hit the three children as some kind of revenge. Joanna and Jacqueline were pronounced dead at the scene and an ambulance arrived to take Anthony to the hospital, but he died on the way. John and Florence were devastated by the situation. They had lost both of their daughters in a single event. John thought it was his fault. He had read a book on reincarnation and past lives, and the idea had fascinated him. He'd even gone as far as to pray for proof of the phenomenon. He claimed to have had visions from God in the days leading up to his daughter's death and claimed that their deaths were some sort of retribution for his prayers. Later, Florence said that the twins often spoke of things that they wouldn't have known about Joanna and Jacqueline, like Gillian pointing to the birthmark on Jennifer's forehead and talking about the fall that had given Jacqueline the scar in the first place. They also played a game where Jennifer would lay down with her head on Gillian's lap, saying things like, blood's coming out of your eyes. That's where the car hit you. Eventually, the family visited Hexham. The girls began talking about a park that they liked to swing at, but would have no way to remember ever being there since they moved away just after they were born. They were also terrified of cars flinching away from them if they got too close and screaming about how the car is coming to get them. The twins even had nightmares about being run over by a car and Jennifer was dependent on Gillian like Jacqueline had been dependent on Joanna. All of those things were enough for John and Florence to believe that Jennifer was really Jacqueline and that Gillian was really Joanna. Florence had dropped her disbelief over time 
and was just as convinced that the twins were reincarnations of their previous children as John was. The reincarnated girls gained the attention of Dr. Ian Stevenson, a paranormal psychologist from the University of Virginia. He began to study the twins in 1964 and noted that they had taken on the personalities of their older sisters based on his observations and doubled down on which sister was which. The whole mystery closed itself off to everyone just after the twins turned five. The past lives they had led just faded from their memory and they forgot the whole thing. Dr. Stevenson continued to observe them until 1985, just to see if they would remember anything later. They never did and grew up to live otherwise ordinary lives. Stevenson himself went on to investigate 2,500 case studies over the next 40 years and published 12 books that documented some of the cases of reincarnation. Even with his literature and evidence presented by the Pollock sisters, reincarnation is still a controversial topic in paranormal circles and some religions. Before we look at some theories, I'm going to segue into what reincarnation is and explain the different ways in which it manifests. Most Western beliefs don't believe that reincarnation exists. The closest that seems to happen is resurrection, but even that seems pretty rare. The idea of these beliefs is that when a person's life ends, they stay that way. In Christianity, Islam and Judaism, the belief is that at the end of days, their God will judge everyone, alive and dead, and only then will they be sent to the afterlife. In contrast, Hinduism, Jainism, Buddhism and Sikhism all believe in reincarnation. The belief is relatively simple on the surface. When a person dies, their soul remains in the land of the living, transferring from one person to another in order to grow and develop as a person. The person remains largely the same, just in a different body. In Hinduism especially, there is another level to it. Hindu beliefs involve karma and the process is called samsara. If a person has done good in their life and wishes to do more good at the time of their death, they are able to choose for themselves where they go next. This process even applies to their gods, the Devas, with Vishnu being known for having ten incarnations. The cycle isn't infinite though. According to the Hindu sage Adi Shankaracharya, People reincarnate because of a desire to inhabit a body. Once that desire disappears, the cycle of samsara ends and a person is no longer reborn. This is when the Hindu afterlife can begin because they have attained liberation from worldly desires. 
Jainism uses the Sramana tradition, which have the earliest detailed mentions of reincarnation. This version of reincarnation suggests that the soul is eternal and perpetual, just like matter. The general idea is that the soul can change, but never be destroyed. They utilise karma as well, but in a different way. Karma in Jainism states that actions have consequences, some immediate, some delayed, some even appearing in later incarnations. The actions of the current life will therefore have an effect on the next, placing a huge importance on pure thoughts and moral behaviours. The karma accrued throughout a person's life will then dictate their next incarnation. Their soul can migrate between four categories. Deva or demigod, human, hell being or plants, animals and microorganisms. These four categories then split down even further and the Jain texts outline 8.4 million birth destinies within the cycle. There is no role of a god and personal destiny isn't related, but it's reflective of the actions taken, meaning that the soul is responsible for its own form and is only able to protect itself from becoming something it finds undesirable. Sikhism talks of the path of bhakti. Very similar to Hinduism, the soul passes from body to body in order to attain liberation. It's not tied to karma, and so the choice of which body the soul occupies is not there. But the belief is that good deeds and remembrance of the creator will move the soul towards liberation. In a similar fashion to Jainism, Evil deeds will cause the soul to be passed into a lower life form. The Sikh belief is tied to a god who may pardon wrongdoings and release the soul, but otherwise the soul is subject to the consequences of their actions. Buddhist beliefs of reincarnation differ from the others. There is no eternal soul or self. Instead, the stream of consciousness links each life together. Early Buddhist texts speak of ways to recall earlier lives, using high levels of meditative concentration. Buddha warned that the experience should be interpreted carefully though, warning that the practice could be misleading. He taught a different concept of rebirth that suggests there is no self tying the lives together unlike the Hindu, Sikh and Jain beliefs. In Buddhism, the death of one personality causes the birth of a new one, linked together but not the same. The two separate personalities aren't identical, nor are they completely different, but form a stream of consciousnesses. However, like in Hinduism, the goal of reincarnation here is to become free of the need for a physical form. Buddhism calls it Nirvana. The way to attain it is by releasing the idea of desire, which is the cause of suffering.
Now that we've explored reincarnation as a phenomenon, let's look at some of the theories of just how the Pollock sisters managed it. It's unlikely that any of the religious beliefs I had just outlined are part of it. Remember, John and Florence were Christian, and reincarnation isn't one of the beliefs, which is why John thought he'd caused the deaths. The first theory I'm going to talk about is the sceptical one. This theory suggests that John and Florence had implanted memories in Gillian and Jennifer's memory. This could either be a conscious thing or an unconscious one. It's probable that they would have mentioned Joanna and Jacqueline in passing when talking about toys or places that they visited, and the girls just picked up on it and pieced the rest together, subconsciously adopting tastes, habits and personalities from there. The issue with that is that it doesn't explain Jennifer's birthmarks being almost exactly the same as Jacqueline's. Nor does it begin to explain just why the girls would play a game where they would talk about being hit by a car, describing the injuries they were pretending to have sustained. The next theory, and this is a short one with not much explanation, is that it was actually only Jacqueline who had been reincarnated. The evidence is there for it in the birthmarks. There wasn't anything to really tie Gillian to Joanna, aside from the fact that she was Jennifer's twin. It's entirely possible that Jennifer had memories of her time as Jacqueline and passed them on to Gillian while they played together. But there isn't an explanation as to why only one of the girls may have come back. Someone asked about it on Reddit a few years ago, and a lot of the comments in response mention other cases of supposed reincarnation, and either agree with the idea that the parents implanted memories into the twins, or that the situation is in no way evidence of reincarnation. One theory, related to the implanted memory theory, is that the girls had overheard conversations between their parents and brothers about their deceased sisters and use some of that information in their games, eventually blurring the line between who they were and who their sisters were. Currently, there is no particular school of thought about it, and the mystery remains without a definitive answer. Some people still think it's definitive proof of reincarnation, others believe it needs more studies, and others still don't believe it's anything incredible. Right now, though, We have nothing concrete. Today's story came from an article on the Morbid Library called The Mysterious Pollock Sisters. A Medium article called The Curious Case of the Pollock Sisters. And a Grunge article called The Reincarnation Mystery of the Pollock Sisters Explained. Theories came from the previous articles, an occult museum article called Does the Strange Case of the Pollock Twins Prove Reincarnation is Real? and Reddit's Unresolved Mysteries subreddit. And the information on reincarnation came from an article from the Indian Journal of Psychiatry called The Mystery of Reincarnation. 
references for the episode and some links to the studies will be posted on social media for you to have a look at. Speaking of social media, you can currently find me on Facebook at What The Heck Mystery Podcast, Instagram at WT Heck Podcast, and you can also support me on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash What The Heck Podcast. Just £3 a month will get you access to the unedited versions of the episodes so you can hear all the mess-ups I make while recording. I'm also going to start uploading the transcripts so you can hear the stories to... Nope. I'm also going to start uploading the transcripts so you can read the stories too. I would have made it lower, but the tiers begin at £3, so that was the lowest I could go. More tiers will be added as we go, and as I find more things to share with you outside of the episodes. If you want to pledge more than £3 a month, you're more than welcome to, and I'll have to find something extra special just for anyone who does. I've also set up an email address, whattheheckpod3 at gmail.com. I'd like you to send in your stories of the unexplained so I can read them out in secondary episodes, but if you have any issues with my phrasing, or think some of the things that I've said are insensitive, please don't be afraid to let me know and I'll address them in episodes as I record them. (laughs) 